Dear God, when me and Bay get into it, do I have your permission to fight? Blessed be the fruit, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Outrageous Tales. I am your host, Ray, and per usual, I'm so excited that you've decided to tune in with me today. Today's episode, we are going to dig a little bit deeper into the Song of Solomon. We're actually going to be discussing conflict and what godly conflict and resolution should look like. We saying godly, not Ray's interpretation of conflict, because I know back in the day, back in my younger days, first of all, disclosure to my exes, I want to apologize. I'm on bended knee. Sorry to the exes, because you all know previously conflict. I really didn't know how to verbalize how I was feeling or how to orchestrate the words to let you all know how I was feeling. I just wanted to fight you. And that's all we knew was fight. And I remember one time, one of my exes, I just stumped my ex out in the closet. We was at a kickback, chilling, drinking. Well, they was chilling and drinking. I just kind of stormed through the house and just whooped that trick. Whooped that trick. I whooped that trick. And I stumped that trick out in the closet. But you know what? But God, God has saved me and I'm much better. And I apologize to all my exes. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Moving right along to our outrageous announcements. Um, Just have a few items for you all as well as a little catch up in regards to what happened, you know, this previous week in Ray's life. So first and foremost, I didn't go to therapy. My therapist kind of double books, which is cool, but I kind of feel like I didn't get my fix. So I kind of feel like I'm kind of like going a little brazy. So just pray my strength in the Lord. I'm going to go again on Thursday or Friday. I'm gonna go. I'm going again on Friday. So just pray for me in regards to that. Um, oh, I'm so excited, y'all. So y'all know anybody who knows me knows that I'm like lame in real life. So I was featured in my first ever blog. Um, Brianna Blocker actually reached out to me and was like, Hey, I kind of want to feature outrageous tales in my blog. And I was like, Oh my god, I was looking around like, Who me? You want me? I don't know how to take it, but my heart was so full and I was so happy to see that other people were really, you know, taking advantage of, you know, my platform and using it for, you know, their personal growth and development to the point in which they wanted to put it on their platform. So I'm just so humble. I'm so extremely grateful. If you do want to see that posting, I'm going to actually post the link in the show notes, but you can visit the blog at um, www.think-illuminate.com dot com and again um the blogger is brianna blocker she went to the university of central missouri with me she is a strong 
fine black woman. So, you know, I'm just so humble. I'm so appreciative for the opportunity to be able to share my passion, my gift, my joy with, you know, her and her followers. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that opportunity. It was such a pleasure. I feel so humble. I feel so warm and I just feel so just grateful on the inside that you would choose me. It's a billion people in this world. And I just thank you for the opportunity to, you know, share my story with you and with your listeners like thank you Brianna I really appreciate it so again I'll go ahead and put the website in the show notes um next man y'all I really think February was like fight raving February so yesterday I ended up going to Dollar Tree I was on the phone I was distracted I'm not gonna lie I was on the phone with my homegirl, you know, going to Dollar Tree, trying to give me a couple little items items because I only have a couple little coins. And I kind of swerve into this parking spot, not even tripping off, you know, what I'm doing or paying attention to what I'm doing. I like, skirt, skirt, swerve little Bella into this parking lot because Bella, that's my car. She's a Benderella. She a big blood. You know, she's like red. She's real bloody. But anyway, I swerve Bella into a parking spot. And this woman, she's just behind me going off and she's like, bees are crazy, not even watching where they're going, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm looking like, uh, like, yeah, I know I was scary in a past life. So she's going off and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to sit in my car until she get out the car. Like, I'm just going to go to the next door. Like, I'm not even going to go in here. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, okay, you think I should go in or where? Like, this woman just went off on me for pulling into her spot, parking spot. And my friend like, yeah, like if you have items you need to get out of the store, you need to go in. So, you know, the little scary me, I'm like, uh, okay, like whatever. I'm just being an adult in 2020. So I go into the store. Lo and behold, I'm sitting in the checkout line. She is going off, like literally going ham. Like, but she was talking indirectly to me. She was telling her daughter, like, yeah, make sure you're not like crazy MFs who can't drive and blah, 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 blah. And I turned around and I said, excuse me, ma'am. Like, I understand that I took your parking spot, but it wasn't my intention. And she was just like, well, the issue is that you almost hit this little Mexican family, blah, 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 blah. And I'm trying to defend you because they think you're just like a nigger who almost hit their kids. And I'm trying to explain to them that, you know, I'm trying to have your black back as a black woman, but at the same time, you stole my parking spot. So I'm just angry on all sides, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I understand. And I apologize. I genuinely apologize because I can tell how frustrated, I can tell she was having a bad day. But she was on TM, so she did need to simmer down. But, you know, I was trying to let her know that I apologize. It was never my intentions to, you know, harm you or your family or the family who you claim I almost hit, which I didn't see, but whatever. Because I was on the phone, so I could have, you know, caused damage that I didn't even notice. But, you know, I was trying to apologize to her and let her know that, you know, it wasn't my intentions. I didn't mean to, you know, almost hit you and things like that. And that was like kind of like my first time, like trying to handle conflict, you know, on my own, like trying to be respectful and be an adult and things like that. So it kind of went really well. She did, like, if I I was on 10 she probably would have punched me and I probably would have fought her back so I'm so happy that fight rape in February is over because I literally cannot handle that anymore like people are you guys are so like 
y'all are savages and you know I be trying to hang but y'all know I can't fight in real life so I can just talk my talk and walk my walk but you know I can't hang so you know but all in all like just as a driver be more cautious and be more careful of your surroundings and your environment because she was telling me I almost hit these kids and to be honest even right now recording this episode I don't remember seeing no kids so I'm like okay god is she lying but I know she ain't lying I probably just didn't see him because I was on the phone I was distracted so yeah just be more careful as you are driving um and then moving on March y'all it is a new month it's the month of March it's like the month of manifestation like this is the time for you to just be manifesting everything that you want everything that you need everything that you deserve like it's manifest March like manifest 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 and like over my listeners I manifest peace understanding I manifest clarity I manifest in abundance I manifest growth I manifest prosperity I manifest tranquility so every day the month of March every day just manifest something even if you only do one manifestation just manifest and put something into the atmosphere put something you know off that's going to be beneficial to you and if you can't have somebody touch and agree with you because when God says when two or more touch and agree touch and agree so just have something have somebody that will manifest with you in the month of March like I'm so excited for my March it's a new month it's a new opportunity to make some shake to make it do what it do baby so I'm just so excited for March and then my last little spiel slash announcement is last night y'all I couldn't even sleep I binge I binge watch Love is Blind and with Love is Blind it kind of goes hand in hand with today's episode dealing with conflict and if you're not familiar with Love is Blind it's a episode it's a season or a series on Netflix where they kind of place individuals behind these pods or closed walls where you have to genuinely meet somebody for who they are and you're not able to see them so eventually they kind of move you outside of the pods where you can see the person who you've grown this relationship and attachment to in real life and honestly like the relationships they were developing conflicts based off the way that the person looked based off the person's occupation based off of their situation and lifestyle the color of their skin and things like that so it's just so many different conflicts that came in um into each of these relationships which which was crazy and it's just like working through you know those conflicts and trying to realize if you really wanted to marry this person and be with them for the rest of their lives or the rest of your lives so if you have not seen love is blind i definitely recommend it and also love is blind kind of brought to my attention there's a couple lauren and cameron lauren is black cameron is white and god I think in middle school and high school, I dated a white man, God. So, you know, they kind of, they're one of the success stories. I'm sorry if I'm telling the um, season, but they're one of the success stories of the season. And I'm like, okay, God, white man me, please, if it's meant for me to be with a white man. I'm on the verge of texting my white exes from middle school and high school trying to see what's up. But, I mean, I always thought that God had a black, you know, somebody black for me. But white man, me, please, God, if it's supposed to be what it's supposed to be. I don't discriminate. Not at all. 
but yeah definitely tune into that it's definitely a good uh show it's a good watch so up next we have tales from the bee it's where i remix and retell those not so easy to follow bible stories i give it to you straight absolutely no chaser it's like putting a little twerk to your gospel trap. Hey friends. So we're picking right back up where we left off of um, last week in regards to the Song of Solomon. Um, last week was after, you know, the honeymoon, the first night of them having sex, him busting it down, King Solomon busting it down off of in his wife. Um, so this next chapter, we are going to discuss conflict and the Song of Solomon. It isn't a love story. This isn't no Disney fairy tale where they kiss and then they live happily ever after. This is actually a real a real sto- story where, where, where they're going, going to actually endure, you know, suffering. And then honestly, if you look over the chapter or the book of the Song of Solomon, 25 percent of the Song of Solomon is over conflict. So. If you think about conflict, conflict is an opportunity for you to grow yourself. It's it's honestly a gift to be able to work through conflict. I know with me and in my past relationships or not even just like intimate or sexual relationships, just relationships, relationships, I'm sorry, in general, I haven't always been the best person to work through conflict. I'm the type of person where you piss me off and I'm not talking to you anymore, period, point blank, period. I don't care if you, my mama, my daddy, my sister, my auntie, my uncle, my bestie, if you piss me off, I'm cutting you off and I just don't care who you are. I don't have any more comfort conversation uh, for you or anything like that. It's like you piss me off and it is what it is. But luckily through the grace of God, I have been, you know, I've been doing a little bit better as far as like my communication skills, my, my conflict style and just, you know, just growing and developing as a person. Sometimes the old Raven, the old Ray Ratchet does pop out. And if you piss me off, I'm gonna cut you off in a heartbeat, but you know, I'm working on it. It is what it is. Um, but you know, this love story is really, it's really reality and it shows you exactly, you know, what, uh, relationships and what marriages go through. So we're actually just going to hop right into it again. We're going to go back and forth with me reading and then kind of explaining so that you can kind of catch the tea. So, uh, pray my strength in the Lord. I will be reading again, uh, just like in the previous episodes, Um, So again, we're going to hop right into chapter five, verse one. Um, And then chapter five, verse one is where it's literally where we uh, ended last week. And basically chapter chapter five, verse one states, I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gathered my myrrh with my spice. I ate my honeycomb with my honey. I drank my uh, wine with my milk. And then God states, eat friends, drink and be drunk in love. And again, that's when God just affirms their entire relationship. Like just go ahead, eat, drink, make it do what it do, bust it down, come all in your wife, do what you want to do because that's yours. And then uh, verse two basically says, um, this is, this can be interpreted as either a dream or reality. And then the first, like the first line says, um, I slept, but my heart was awake. So that's how you can kind of maybe think that it's a dream. So you can either a think 
Um, this is the bride stating I slept. So either, you know, sleep, but your mind, you know, physically be awake. I kind of think of it sometimes like when I'm having sleep apnea, I'll be sleep. And then, but it's like, I'm awake and I'm just like stuck and I don't know what to do. I have that a lot. And it's so scary. Or like when you're asleep, but you know, you're dreaming. So you can think of it like that, or you can think of it like I slept, but my heart was awake as in I'm sleeping, but my husband or my love, you know, my other half, my heart is, was awake. So, and so for interpretation, it is what it is. We ain't going to go too deep, uh, far and deep into that. But basically the bride, she states, I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved knocking open to me. This is the husband. He's saying open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew, my locks with drops of the night. And basically he's, he's knocking on the door, like open up baby. And you know, if a man comes knocking on your door at two, three o'clock in the morning and she already in bed, you know, and then especially this your husband, you already know he wants some booty. So she's, she's literally sleep or whatever. So she goes on, she's thinking I had to put off my garment. How could I put it on? I, I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them? And she's basically saying like, I'm already in the bed. Like this is me 24 seven. Like when I'm asleep, I'm asleep. She said, I'm already in the bed, already got my bonnet on, already got my muumu on. Like, I am comfortable, already took a bath. Like, I'm not going to get my feet dirty getting out the bed to open up the door for you, husband or not. This is just her being like, literally me or you or anybody else. She's like, I already got in the bed. I'm not, I'm not doing it, period. Like, husband, husband or not, bye, I'm not doing it. And, um, basically her husband, you know, he's there or whatever. And then, uh, verse four goes on to say, my beloved put his hand on the latch and my heart was thrilled, um, within me. And basically, um, think of it like, um, being, what is it called? Like a little chain, a chain latch, um, on your door. So basically he, he kind of got in a little bit. He had his hand on the, the chain latch kind of opened up a little bit. He's like, okay, baby, you gonna let me in or what? And she goes, uh, she goes on to say, my heart was thrilled with compassion. And this wasn't like a sexual thing or anything. This was just, um, this was just something compassionate, very, just non-sexual. Her heart was kind of happy that he was there. So, uh, verse five says, I arose to open to my beloved and my hands were dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. And basically she said she got out of bed pretty much and there was the myrrh, the perfume on the door. And basically back in the biblical terms, like if somebody had came to visit your home, like if the Billingsleys, um, that's my last name. If the Billingsleys came to visit your home and you weren't there, they would leave their scent, their cologne, their perfume on your door. So basically by the time she had got up, snatched that bonnet off, combed that little sewing down, brushed it down, uh, brushed the teeth a little bit, you know, kind of freshened up a little bit, you know, he had already left his scent on the door. And um, verse six says, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. My soul failed me when, he, when he spoke, I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. And basically she, she said, you know, by the time I got to the door, my husband was gone. Nobody was there. Um, and then verse, uh, where we at verse seven, this is where we can interpret it as a dream. I don't know if this really happened or whatever. You got to ask God, God, what's the tea? God ain't really revealed it to me 
as far as, you know, what specifically went on. So, I mean, it's neither here nor there. But verse seven says, the watchmen found me as they went, the watchmen found me as they went about in the city. They beat me, they bruised me, they took my veil. Those watchmen of the walls, um, those watchmen of the walls. So I don't know. She got beat up in the city. I don't know. I guess she was looking for her husband and somebody beat her down, which I don't know why God, why they beat the woman. I don't know. Sorry to the woman. But anyway, um, she goes on to say, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem. If you find my beloved, tell him that I am sick with love. Basically, she just telling her homegirls, I miss my man. If you see him, you know, tell him, tell him that I miss him. And then the other state, uh, what is your beloved more than another beloved? Oh, most beautiful among women. What is your beloved more than another beloved that, that you thus adjure him? Um, and moving on to chapter, or the, it's still chapter five, moving on to verse, this is verse 10. So basically, I'm sorry to touch back on chapter nine. She's basically telling him, if you see my husband, if you find my man, let him know that, know that I miss him. That's kind of like, if you and your boyfriend get into it, I know I got this bad. If I have a relationship with your family, I'm going to try to reach out to, you know, catch the tea. So it's just like putting that putting that little bird in the room. Like if you see him, let him know I miss him or, you know, let him know that, you know, we talked, but kind of trying to do it discreetly. That's pretty much what she was doing to her homegirls or whatever. And then, um, she, um, and then in verse 10, she's pretty much, you know, praising her husband. She's like my beloved. So when they asked, you know, pretty much, you know, where he is, she goes on to say, my beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. His hand is, his head is the finest gold. His locks are wavy. He's black as a raven. Bruh. Ooh, he a fine black man is what I take it as. Ooh. Ooh, black man magic, but ooh, we ain't gonna talk about that. Um, she says that his eyes are like doves. Reminder, he only has eyes for me, sis, besides the streams of water, bathed in milk, sitting beside a full pool. His cheeks are like the beds of spices, mounds of sweet smelling herbs. His lips are lilies, dripping liquid myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with jewels. His bodies are polished ivory, bedecked with sapphires. His legs are alabaster columns set on bases of gold. His appearance is Lebanon, choice as the setters. His mouth is most sweet. Ain't nothing like a sweet mouth in a man. Sorry, God. But there's nothing like a man with a little sweetness to his mouth. Make you want to just, ooh, never mind. Just uh, make you want to, uh. anyway. And he is altogether desirable. This is my beloved. And this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. So, and then the others, the the other girls, the little home girls go on to say, where, where has your love, where's your beloved gone? Almost beautiful uh, women, where has your beloved turned that we may seek him with you? So basically, you know, she already told her homegirls, like, look, if you see my man, let him know I'm looking for him. And then she goes on to state, you know, my man is A, B, and C. This is my man. He is fine. He is black. He's tall, dark, and handsome. He is sexy. 
and that's my man. So then the homegirl's like, okay, well, if that's your man, where, where he is so we can go look for you. I don't know if they're trying to be a little messy or whatever, but basically in verse in um in chapter six, verse one, they like, okay, well, where your man at? So that we can go look for him, you know, with you or whatever. So then she she kind of, you know, kind of sets them straight in chapter six, verse two. She goes, that my my bluff has gone down to the garden to the beds of spices, to graze in the in the gardens, to gather lilies. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. He grazes among the lilies. And basically, she, she says, my husband, he went to work. He's out chilling. At the end of the day, he's mine, and I am his. And basically, this kind of shows you, like, if you and your partner are kind of going through something, don't let others in on that conflict or in on that there's anything going on. I typically, me personally, I don't have time to be looking like boo-boo the fool. So typically, if we're going through something, I try to keep it behind closed doors. And this is a good example of how you should try to keep it behind, behind closed doors as well. Because they like, okay, well, where your man at? So she didn't already opened up to the fact that she don't know where he is. But then she kind of affirms herself. And then they like, okay, if this your man, where he at? And she like, oh, he at work. You know? Kind of like when people try, try to judge you a little bit. She's like, oh, he at work, he chilling. But he only has, he's grazing among the lilies. He's outside a little bit, but he he's still mine and I'm his. Like, he doing what he do. Um, so eventually in chapter six, verse four, you know, Solomon and his bride, they find each other. They link back up. So uh, verse four, chapter six, verse four. Um, this is Solomon. He says, you are beautiful as Tizra, my love. That's kind of like Aspen in the fall, literally. Like you, you're beautiful. Um, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. And he said, he says, turn away your eyes from me for they overwhelm me. And basically he's like, I see you and I am upset with you. Like he's letting her know, like, bitch, I am pissed off with you. Don't even look at me because if you think about it, like previously in all the other chapters, they were saying that, oh, you only have eyes for me. He's like, turn away. I don't want to see your eyes. But um, he goes on to say, your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of, of ewes that have come up from washing. All of them bear twins. And basically this is like, um, this, the, he uses literally the exact same words from chapters three and four, where he's like really gassing her up and letting her know that her cheeks are like pomegranates that, you know, her teeth, her teeth are twins. They bear twins. And, you know, he's really just literally using the exact same phrases and he's keeping that same energy and that same love from chapter three and four. He's like trying to reconcile with her. He's like, don't look at me. I'm pissed the hell off with you but at the end of the day you still find you still you he's still like affirming who she is to him and then in chapter and then in verse eight he goes on to say there are 60 queens and 80 concubines and virgins without number and he's basically letting her know like yes you fine and let yes, your teeth straight and yes, you got this and that. But at the end of the day, there are other fish in the sea. So don't get it twisted, pimping. Like you can easily be replaced this. Like you, you didn't open up the door for me. Like trust and believe like you can be replaced. I got a bunch of versions. I got a bunch of females. I got a bunch of, you know, the hoes that kind of will want, that kind of want this. So don't, don't gas yourself up. Cause at the end of the day, like, it's not like he's trying to throw it in her face, but be reminded that, well, he ain't say this. I'm just saying this on behalf of the man. 
King Solomon, like, be reminded you were a migrant worker before you met me. I am a king. Like, if if I'm your husband and I come knocking on the door, you need to open up the door. And that's just what I take it as. He ain't say that in the Bible, but I'm just saying, like, don't forget where you came from because you were a migrant worker. You were a migrant worker. You was pretty much a slave until I kind of pulled you up out the hood. So don't get it twisted. I got you living in Beverly Hills and you just came from the slums. So that's just my interpretation. He ain't say that. But he's basically like, I got virgins on deck. I can have any female that I want, but I chose you. And then in chapter nine, he goes, my my dove, my perfect one is the only one, the only one of her mother, pure to her who bore her. The young woman saw her and called her blessed. The queens and the and the concubines also, and they praised her. And so basically he's still saying like, there's a bunch of virgins out here, but at the end of the day, I only want you. I added in all of the extra stuff about her being my girl worker because she still is one. Like, don't forget, like he's the, he's just reminding her it's a bunch of virgins who kind of want this, you know, who kind of want this little ping ping and I can give it to them easily, but you're mine. Like, I still love you. Like, but don't forget. Um, so, um, it's just a little bit more affirmations throughout the chapters. And then, uh, pretty much at the end, um, the others, the people who the little homegirls, little gossiping homegirls, that's why you got to keep people out your business. I've been trying here recently to keep people out my business because everybody has an opinion and everybody opinion isn't the right opinion. So here go the others being messy as heck. Um, they're like, return, return, O Shulamite, return, return, that we may look upon you. And basically, a, sh- a Shulamite is like the person who's with, who's with the king. So basically, they like, come back, come back, bride. I wish they gave this little girl a name in the Bible, but she's just the bride. She's just King Solomon's wife. wife. They're like, come back, come back so we can look at you or whatever, so we can catch the tea, so we can see, you know, what's been going on. And then King Solomon being the man that... He is the tall, black, handsome man that he is. He goes on to say, uh, why should you look upon the Shulamite as upon a dance before two armies? So basically he's saying, why are you, why are you trying to conjure up my little wife to see what's the tea? Like you see me here with her. Like, yes, you know, we've had an argument. Like, yes, there has been conflict. Yes, there has been a disagreement. Yes, she was looking for me. Yes, I was out minding my business. But at the end of the day, this is my wife and this is who I'm down around with. This is my better half. So don't try to come catch the tea with her. Catch the tea with me because at the end of the day, this is mine and I am hers. So that kind of summarizes, well, not summarizes, but that kind of, you know, just gives the story or the the issue of conflicts in a relationship. So it's just like, yes, there's going to be conflicts in your relationship. She wasn't trying to give Solomon no booty and pretty much, you know, he kind of went away and still don't say where he went, but it is what it is. He went where he went. And, you know, she kind of, you know, kind of realized like, dang, like this is my husband. This is my man. So we have to work through those conflicts and the Bible and God's word pretty much tells us like if somebody wrongs you, if somebody does you wrong and they hurt you, it's not it's not necessarily up for you to condemn them or it's not up for you to, you know, treat them wrong because they hurt you. It's all on God, like in a relationship, in a marriage, you're supposed to love your partner. Um, 
in spite of their flaws. Just like with King Solomon, he kept that same energy. Like, yes, you pissed me off. Yes, you didn't let me in, but I'm going to keep that same energy. I'm still about to love you and hold you down because you are my wife. So it's just like with conflict, like, yes, it's going to occur, but you need to keep that same energy from the time in which you promise to to have to hold to death do us part, keep that same energy in conflict and don't really try to condemn your partner or your other half because of what they've done in the midst of, you know, in the midst of conflicts, because that's on God. You still love them. Like at the end of the day, don't let them walk all over you. Just like Solomon did. He let her know like his virgins out here who still sealed, who still can be busted down, but I still choose you. So, I mean, don't be a fool, but let them know exactly who you are and what you stand for. But at the end of the day, it's not your, it's not your role or your position to condemn them for what they've done. You're supposed to love them in spite of, and you're supposed to work through that conflict. And when there are other people around you who are saying negative things about your other half or your partner, you shut them down and let you, and let them know that I'm his, he's mine. It is what it is. Yes, we fought, but that's bay at the end of the day period. And that's all I got to say. Uh, and that's it. Question. How good was the pullout last week? So today's pullout definitely isn't going to be your typical pullout. I was sitting here speaking and talking to God, asking him, okay, God, what is it specifically that you want me to use as, you know, pull out game strong. What is it that you want me to let your people know that you've done for me this past week? And honestly, it might be like lack of preparation or something like that, but nothing came to mind. So um, I was just really sitting here thinking like, okay, God, what is it that you want me to say? But nothing came. So I just started to, you know, thank him for just allowing him, allowing me to be here. And I think that honestly is the pullout for this week. Like, I'm just so grateful that I didn't take my own life this past week. I'm so thankful that I did not have my life taken in like a car accident or just by, you know, unforeseen circumstances. Like I just, I'm just so grateful to be here today because when you're dealing with personal battles, like it feels like tomorrow, tomorrow is not promised. And in actuality, it really isn't. So I just thank God for peace. And I feel like here recently, the enemy has been attacking my mind and he's just been, you know, prying at my insecurities. And I just thank God for, allowing me to see the devil for who he is and, you know, be at a point where I can call him out and let him know, like, no, you're not going to steal my joy. And no, I'm still here for a reason. And I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to use my platform to reach others and to let others know that you are not alone, alone, that I'm just, I'm just as ratchet and as divided as you are. And I'm just no person that's, you know, better than you or the next person. And I just, I'm just grateful that God chose me to be the one to have this platform and to be the one to share his gospel and his word is just so humbling. And I'm just so appreciative in this last week, you know, um, my family, we've just been going through loss after loss, after loss, after loss. And I'm just like, okay, God, I just can't take it no more. But 
I'm just learning to be strong and just learning to trust him and just, you know, everything happens for a reason and God is taking these people, he's calling them home and it's it's selfish for me to think that, you know, they're leaving us, but in actuality, they're going to heaven and it's just like, I'm just grateful to be here another day because another day is another opportunity to save another soul. So, you know, today hasn't been promised for everyone and to tomorrow won't be promised for everyone. There's some, some of my listeners may not be able to hear this podcast tomorrow when I have posted on Monday. And it's just like, I'm just grateful for another day of, of, for having, you know, a breath in my, in my lungs. And I'm just so grateful, God. And I, I might not have a funny pullout story for you. I might not have a serious pullout for you, but the pullout in itself is just being here, being able to listen to my voice, being able to be the person to verbalize and express, you know, what God has done for me and to express his word to you. Like that's a pullout in itself. Like the pullout is so strong. The pullout is so deep. The pullout is so hard. The pullout is everything that God intended for it to be. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful, God. Thank you for allowing me to be your vessel. Like, thank you. I'm so humble. I'm so appreciative that you decided and that you handpicked and chose me. So thank you so much, God. The pullout has always been real. The pullout will always be real. And I will forever serve you. And I will forever love you. And I will forever be down to ride for you as you have been down to ride for me. Hey guys, so we've made it to the end of the episode. Per usual, it always comes to an end. It's always so bittersweet. But being said, as previously stated, it is the month of March. So it's the month of manifestation. So again, I challenge each of you all to manifest, manifest, manifest every single morning. If you have to put an alarm in your phone that reminds you to manifest, just go ahead and do that because manifestation is so important in order to see fruition. Fruition. So if you want to see anything come, you know, come to par, definitely you should be using your March to manifest. Just manifest with me, y'all. And if you need an accountability partner, hit me up and I will manifest and I will pray with you. Like, hands down. I have no problem with doing it. Nine times out of ten, I need somebody to talk to anyway. So if you need a manifestation partner, slide in my DMs and I will definitely be there for you. So manifest in the month of March, every single day throughout the day. Manifestation is real. Whatever you put out into the world, into the environment, into the atmosphere, you will get back. So anything you want, you need, you desire, you long for, you've been, you know, desiring, just put it into the atmosphere and watch. God gonna make some shake. I guarantee you that. So let's just go ahead and pray out. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Hey, God, it's us again. God, we are losing people that we love to these arguments, to these conflicts, God. 
God, help us to be at peace with everyone. And that's including everyone at home, everyone at school, our partners, God. And even the people we work with, God, because those people, those be the main ones that piss us off, God. God, grant us patience to hold our tongues. God, give us tranquility in our souls. But But God, most of all, give us strength to overcome these obstacles, these battles, these conflicts, these arguments. God, we love you so much. You're so awesome. And God, we just desire to be like you more and more every day. We love you without conditions. Shine, Lord.